Thanks for joining us today on the Port City Church Podcast. With multiple campuses existing within Southeastern North Carolina, our mission is to be helpful and hopeful as we reach people and help them walk with God. To learn more about the heart behind our church, we encourage you to visit us at portcity.church. Happy summer. How many of you guys, I want to ask this, this is not meant to, to be any shaming. Uh, how many of you guys uh, listened to at least one podcast this past week on the summer Sabbath? It was awesome. I listened to, so if you didn't, you're like, what is the summer podcast? We spent the whole week last week talking about it. Um, but there, there, there are ways for us uh, to engage in reading the scriptures together as we experience summer together. Uh, it's going to take some new rhythms, some new disciplines, some new attempts uh, to understand how we're going to do this. And so we've created um, a Summer Sabbath podcast series that is, it's their reflections. It's essentially walking you through, listening. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the way of, uh, or, or uh, walk in the way of, the, of the, the wicked or stand in the path of the sinners or sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law he meditates both day and day. And night, he will be like a tree that is firmly planted by streams of living water. And his leaf will, or bear fruit in season, his leaf will not weather, and whatever he does, he prospers. Remember this, we like you've heard Clay and Zach and Laura Lynn read this over us every day for the last five days. It does something to you, it settles into you. It takes some time to stop and to listen. And part of when we think about Sabbath, we're not just talking about taking a day off. We're talking about learning to experience the Sabbath rest that is promised for us. And so last week we began this. Again, I just encourage you, this is a very simple way. Um, not easy, but it's simple. You just hit play, and then you have to fight like mad not to check your email or your tweets or your Instagram or all the other things. You just gotta stay right there. Because what's at stake is not for you just to keep a Sabbath, but for you to experience a Sabbath. And that's what a lot of us Need. And so last week we began, and we talked about this as though, as though uh, Sabbath is first a function of trust. And we talked about that. We'll look a little bit more closely at that today. But I want to make no mistake about it that Sabbath is also a function of time. You will not find this and experience this without carving out time in your schedule. It's not going to happen by accident. It's not going to happen in a hurry. It's not going to happen on the go. And trust and time are connected, and we know this. We all know this. I was thinking about this. It actually came to me last week. I was talking to our seniors, uh, our high school seniors. They were about to uh, kind of finish up their season with Ripple Effect, and I was thinking about parenting and got my mind kind of going in a lot of different directions. I remember teaching my kids to drive. I was kind of tasked uh, with a lot of that just because I guess I had uh, better nerves or whatever it might be. But my job was to kind of like be in the passenger seat while I was teaching uh, Madison and Michaela um, how to drive. And if you've been a parent doing this before, or if you've been a kid learning how to drive with a parent, you know what this is like. There's a car stopping in front of you. And what happens? Like the kid may have this all together, but the parents are like, oh my gosh. They're like got their foot and you're stomping on the, the imaginary gas pedal and and you, you know, it doesn't take long before you start screaming, stop, 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 right? You're just doing everything you can. And, and I remember vividly like wrestling with this because I would instruct my kids. I thought, man, if I can give them clear instructions, they'll be on this. Stop sign coming up 7,000 feet. I want you to take a deep breath, right? 
2,000, 1,000 is coming up. Here you go. Slow down. Start slowing down. Stop, 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 stop. All right. And you, you just instruct them the whole way. And I remember thinking, like, this is not very helpful. But it was a cognitive thing because in your mind, it's the only way you can control what they're doing without, like, taking the steering wheel from them, which we, I've done before. <laughs> but the idea is that at some point, I'm not going to be in the car with her. So what is important is not that she listens to me and responds to, right, that, that she does what I say. What's important is that she understands it enough to do it herself. So what I had to do is trust her. And trust becomes a function of time because there's the stop sign and I don't say anything. And then, you, then you've just had it. Stop! And then she stops. And what you can't tell is did she stop because you told her or did she stop because she knew she was supposed to stop? So the longer you don't say anything, the more you position yourself to trust her. When you don't say anything, you don't say anything, you don't say anything, and she stops, you go, oh my gosh, I can trust her. So we, we understand that trust is a function of time. It's a function of our willingness to not try and control things, which is the whole point of what Sabbath is about, to learn how to experience the Sabbath rest where we aren't striving. And the way we've defined it is just like this. Sabbath, we'll put this on the screen. This is sort of our working definition of Sabbath. We can read this together. The Sabbath is a time set apart. It is time set apart to experience rest as we deliberately stop working and trust in God's provision. Both of those components are important. The invitation to Sabbath is to take a deep breath as we cease striving and we place our worries and our cares at the feet of Jesus. This doesn't happen again quickly, and it doesn't happen without some measure of effort. We continue on, and it says, we wrote this, as we pull away from the pressure to hustle, to perform, and to achieve. Anybody feel that pressure? To hustle, to perform, or to achieve. We make room for God to satisfy us as our loving Father, a faithful provider, and a Prince of Peace. We've been talking about this. Uh, last week, we were talking about this last week, that we, we have to learn how to trust. And carving aside time, saying aside, this is the essence of the Sabbath. If you remember, um, I actually drew this out at the 11, at the later service last week. I did not do it at the early service. But essentially, the way the Sabbath command came into being was like this. There are seven days in the week, right? We all know this, three, four, five, seven. And so if you remember from last week, Exodus chapter 16, they're wandering in the desert and God is gonna provide for them manna because they don't have any food, they're all wine. We don't have any food. And God says, I'm gonna provide, I'm gonna rain bread down from the sky and you're gonna have food to eat. I want you to go out on that day and I want you to grab just enough, one omer, just enough bread for your needs on that day. Don't keep any, don't hold any back because once that bread, uh, if you do, the next morning it's gonna rot and stink. There's gonna be maggots in it. Everybody's gonna know you took some over. Remember this from last week? So the first day you're to collect just enough food for that one day. You might call it daily bread, DB. So on day one, you get one DB, right? One daily bread. On day two, how much daily bread do you get? One DB, Day three, day four, day five, all one DB, one daily bread. On the sixth day, though, remember what he told them to do? You got to get enough for two days. 
On the sixth day, you got to get two dB. Two daily breads because on the seventh day, there aren't going to be any and you got to have enough for this day. Remember this from last week? This was, this was the way Moses instructed them. So this is the way the Sabbath gets, or, uh, the, the origin of the Sabbath into this rhythm or the cycle of things. Now the problem with most of us is we don't just want one dB, we want 10 dB, right? You want to save up like a bunch of stuff and then hold on to it. So, you always, so if, you, if you have 5 dB, you don't have to worry about having any, you know, you don't have to worry about trusting God tomorrow if you already have what you need for tomorrow. And this is how a lot of us sort of are inclined to arrange or to posture our lives. And what God is always inviting us to do is to trust Him. The origin of the Sabbath is about learning how to let go and to cease striving and to trust Him to provide for you. Not only your DB, not only what you need to sustain yourself, but your purpose and your efforts and your calling and all of those things. Can you trust Him with what He has asked of you, with what He is calling you to do? Do you ever feel like you have to force things or control things or grab things, right? This happens all the time. These, these moments, these pockets of, uh, of Sabbath are for us to, to rest by trusting him that he is sufficient to lead us and to do what is needed or what is required of us and to give us what we need to do everything that he wants for us to do. And I want to be very quick to say that while this is a function of trust it will not happen if you don't make time for this. You're not going to develop patterns of trusting him. They won't become patterns unless you make room. And the way that you make room for him is simply by making time. There is no shortcut. This is sort of the story of my life. And this is, you know, hence the command in the Big Ten. We looked at this last week again. Exodus 20. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all of your work, but the seventh is a Sabbath day to the Lord, and on it you shall do no work. And God seems to be very serious about this. Although this was first given and defined in Exodus 16, it was commanded in Exodus 20, this is actually embedded in the very beginning in Genesis chapter 1. So I want us to look there, and this is what we're going to do is I want to give you this, this sort of walk through this, and I want to just give you a, a mindset and then two things to do this week. I want to just to shift your mindset for just a little bit. Maybe if you could do it for a week and see what it might do for you. We've been kind of dreaming, right? There's 63 days left of summer um, after today. It's just going by like that, right? Last week was 70. This week there's 63. It's just like going by fast. And what if you were to learn to trust God just a little bit more? over the next 63 days, that you would find him to be more faithful than perhaps you've imagined him to be. Because the patterns that most of us live in or most of us are heading in, we know aren't super helpful for our own sanity and the sanity of everybody else, right? Does anybody else feel you just, you just end up going too fast? Things accelerate too fast. So it's embedded in creation. Here it is from Genesis chapter one. We'll start in 27, we'll read on through. This is the very end of the creation account. Uh, on the sixth day, this is the sixth day. So God created mankind in his own image. The image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. This is the last thing that God has created in 
all that he has made. The animals are there, the trees are there, and now he's created human beings and he's made them in his own image. And then God says to them in verse 28, God blessed them and he said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish in the, of the, in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. He's basically saying, you're, you're, you know, I've, I've called you to rule and reign with me, to contribute and to cooperate with what I have done. Verse 29, God said, I'll give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit uh, with seed in it. These will be yours for food and to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it. I give every green plant for food and it was so. It was all done. Verse uh, 31, God saw all that he had made and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. There was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Chapter two, verse one, thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all of their vast array. And by the seventh day, God had finished all the work that he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he took a break. He chilled out, took a rest from all of his work. Verse three, then God blessed the seventh day and he made it holy and he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Y'all have all heard this before, right? Think about it. You show up day six. You're Adam, you're Eve, you're mankind. God says, work to do. Exercise dominion. Cooperate with me. Let's do this together. You excited? Hands in. One, two, three. You know, go, go God or whatever you would do. So you're all pumped up day six. Show up for work on day seven, ready to go, and what does he say? Take a break. You ever thought about this? First day of work, we're going to take the day off. You're like, God, did we not just get like a big rah-rah speech and a command yesterday and today we show up and we're taking the day off? Because there's a pattern that's being established in the very foundation of how things are created, what God intends, what God designs. It's interesting in there, he says this, right? He says on the sixth day, there was evening and then there was morning the sixth day. Evening and morning the sixth day. When did the next day start? Like the, the Hebrew calendar works like this. The Hebrew calendar begins when the sun goes down, right, on the day before, the next day begins. Tomorrow will begin tonight around 7.30 or 8 o'clock. Tomorrow begins. And so this is really interesting. The Hebrew calendar, the, the day begins the night before, and it's consistent with this pattern that you and I, I think, have the opportunity to learn. That is the very first thing that you do. Everything begins with rest. Everything begins with rest, and then you rise to work. You rest, and then you rise to join in what has already begun while you were sleeping. When they showed up on the sixth day, and he said, here's your charge, here's your command, show up tomorrow, and we're gonna rest God was already working. Already, he was asking them to trust him. 
to trust him. That while you are doing nothing, he is working. While you are resting, while you are, while you are, you know, all these things are happening, he is working. While you lay down and go to sleep, he holds things together. You know, my, I, the, I wrote a book about this. I've, I've talked about this for years, but this idea of finishing well is so important. It's so important for our lives. I'm trying to think of what I'm gonna be like when I'm 85 or 89. I'm trying to think about that now. I've got a few years to go. Because I want to be able to finish well, but it's not just finishing my life well. I don't want to just finish my season well, you know, and whatever thing is happening. I want to be able to finish days well. And to finish a day well doesn't mean you work till midnight and then you stop because the calendar switched. And then you got to sort of find enough time to recharge and to rest and recuperate from, and crash to get ready for what's, you know, and you just feel responsible for everything that's happening. I want to finish well. When I go to bed at night, when I sit down and call, to carve out some space and draw a line and say, Lord, it is finished. Today I did all that I can do, and I'm going to trust you as I lay down and I rest because this is the posture from which I will begin tomorrow. What would it be like if you went to bed at night and you didn't already feel the pressure for what you've got to do and the pressure to contribute and to create and all the things that you feel the next day? What if you went to bed and someone else held that for you so that you rest and then you rise to join in what God has already begun? This is the pattern. And this isn't about us going, well, we're gonna just throw the calendar out. No, you're, no one's gonna change that. Your phones are gonna, it's not gonna happen. So we gotta figure out how to do this with just our mindset. And it feels like, and I'm not asking you to just take a Sabbath day. I'm asking you to learn how to live in a pattern of rest, of Sabbath breaths, breaths, so you can experience the rest that we all desperately need and that God intends. And I'm not just talking about physical rest. Our, our mental sort of health as a culture is teetering, always on the edge of so much anxiety, of this pit of despair. And listen, our world has been relentless for the last two and a half, three years. And from what I can tell, that's not likely to change. So what are we to do, right? We have to learn how to live in the rhythms that I think God has established for us. The pattern of creation, I think, is also the pattern of redemption, is that we begin with rest, and then we rise to join in what God has already done. This takes the pressure off of us to be the generator of everything that happens in our lives to be responsible and to be the generator of everything that happens in our lives. And in some cases, you feel like you're responsible for jump-starting everything that happens. People won't even pick up the house, right, unless you tell them to. And you're sick of it and you're tired. And what we have to learn how to do is to create these rhythms. And some of you know what I'm talking about because even the question, what's for dinner, it's like this, it's the straw that breaks the back. You ever had that happen? Everything's fine. I say, what's for dinner? Ah, it all comes undone. Because like one more thing that we got to worry about or think about. So I want for you to experience the Sabbath. 
And the way you do this is not by promising to take a day off once a week. The way you do this is you create many rituals. I am not a formal guy. I believe in ritual. I have all sorts of rituals that I use, and they vary. For a long time, my rituals were very, my ritual was very disciplined because it took me a long time to carve space, to carve time out where I could learn how to trust. I did it in the form of a daily quiet time. I'd read my Bible, I would write in my journal. I would force myself to do this. And I always joke because it only took me about 15 years for this to become consistent. So if you've only been doing it eight or nine, you got some room to go, but it'll happen eventually. You just gotta stick with it, you gotta stay after it but it's rituals. A ritual can be anything that you do, right, that you carve out or step out of the pace of our lives to intentionally remind ourselves of what is true. Rituals allow us to slow down and to wage war against the tendency to do what we've always done. Like for me, I remember discovering this. Part of my tendency, because part of what happens to me is because of what I do for a living, when I read the Bible, I'm often looking for insight or something I can teach on, something that will be helpful to our church, right? That's understandable. There's nothing wrong with that. And what would happen to me is I would go and I'd say, I'd be, I would be like you know, overwhelmed or a little stressed or just feeling the, the weight of things. And my, my space, is, I love the beach. And so I would go and I would walk on the beach. And often I'd have my phone and I'm walking on the beach. I'm like, God, I just want to be with you. And I'm like, oh, here's a cool insight. I pull up my phone and jot it down. Can't forget it. Got to have it because what if I need a message to preach, right, one day? And this would happen to me. And I remember I finally had to start leaving my phone in the car, not taking a pen, not taking my journal. And you know what happens when you're walking on the beach? God give you this cool insight. You're like, I don't have anything to write it down with. What if I forget it? He's like, I'm gonna make you forget it because this ain't about that. And it took me a while to sort of break all those paths. I would walk for 45 minutes and you just, you feel like you're about to lose your mind because you're not doing, you're not doing what you're, and say, God, can you give me peace? God, can you give me peace? And this would go on. I would do this, you know, pretty frequently. I remember one day I'm walking down the beach. I'm like, God, you know, finally all the tension of getting an insight was gone or whatever your thing would be, Right? All of it was gone. I'm like, God, can you give me peace? And as I'm just performing this sort of ritual of walking and just being with God, God, can you give me peace? And I realized that as I was praying for him to give me peace, I was actually experiencing peace. Like the ritual was actually space for me to experience things that were promised and it wasn't the condition that I lived in yet, right? Think about this, the Sabbath in the desert. It was for them to be able to experience something of the promised land that they weren't in yet. It was a way for them to experience something now that has been promised that isn't yet the reality in which we're gonna permanently live. So the Sabbath is the same thing. It's ritual. It's ritual. I read a really cool book. Uh, it's a local. He actually lives in uh, Greenville. But the book is called um, Enjoying the Bible. It's about reading the Bible specifically. It's by Matthew Mullins, and he writes this. He says, our character is formed. He talks about our character being formed through repeated action. And he says, you cannot instantly change your character. Some of you have tried, right? You can't instantly say, I'm not going to be mad at people anymore. You can't just do that. You might do it for a minute, but then you're mad at someone. You know, I'm, I'm not going to be impatient anymore. And then 
you hit a red light and you lose your mind or the tra- whatever it might be. You, you can't instantly change your character, but you can instantly change an individual action. Think about this. You can't instantly change all the things that are wrong with you or that you wish were different about you. But you can, everybody can, instantly change a choice that they are about to make. Everybody can do that. Sabbath, we're going to put this back up there. Sabbath is a time set apart to experience rest. As we deliberately stop working and we trust in God's provision. Everybody can deliberately stop working. You can deliberately stop striving and chasing. You can't become the kind of person who's less that day, but you can carve time out. You can open up your Bible. You can listen to the podcast. You can, people say, I can't journal. I'm like, yes, you can. If you can write words on a piece of paper, you can write, you can say, your journal can say, I don't know how to journal. And guess what you just did? You just journaled, like you just wrote in your journal. It literally is that, it's, it's anything that you're doing that sort of stops this from happening. These habits and they, these practices shape not only who we are, but what we end up wanting. Our bodies and our time and our space and our spiritual realities are so intertwined. The reason you need to do things like walk on the beach or get on your knees or use a pen and a piece of paper is anything that disrupts you, your physical being, from all the things that you normally do is helps to stop and to still and to be deliberate about how we're going to experience Sabbath rest. If you're a, I don't have time to get into that, but you get the idea. Theologian wrote this, that liturgies or rituals aim our love to different ends precisely by training our hearts through our bodies. When's the last time you've done something weird in prayer? Like, have you ever just like got on your knees in your office? I remember I just, I just read like they would lay down before God. I've done this before because anything you can do to get your body, like just lay down on your floor and like pray. It's weird. Someone walked to my office like, dude, what is he doing? I get it. But you, you've, you've got to learn. We have to learn how to get our bodies in a position so we don't just keep doing what we're doing to experience something of God, this Sabbath rest that he's promised to trust his provision for us. Whenever you Sabbath, and this is what Matthew Mullins writes, and he's talking about specifically reading the Bible, but I think it's a really great way to think about this. Our most habitual habits, this is what he writes, our most habitual actions are spiritual disciplines. The thing that you do most habitually, which all of us have them, is a spiritual discipline. Every habit that you do, drinking coffee in the morning, you probably fix it the same way every day. It's a habit, it's a ritual. It's forming you, it's shaping you. And the reason you can tell that is because if that doesn't happen, you lose your mind. Every one of these does this. 
our most, our most habitual actions are spiritual disciplines, liturg liturgies whose cumulative effect is to tell us what or who we really worship, where our affections are. And then he asks this prayer, because the point of the book is to read the Bible. My prayer is that you would recognize your reading of the Bible as a spiritual act, as a liturgy, as a ritual. I've deliberately chosen to use the podcast. I'm not a podcast person. I'm a paper pen, baby. That's my thing. But I use the podcast every day as a ritual to stop doing what I normally am inclined to do and to deliberately stop and to enter in in a different way, in a different way. Something is happening when you experience this kind of rest at the soul level. As you believe or as your belief that you make everything happen gives way to the reality that God can actually be trusted with your life. So two things happen with habits and rituals. You know what they are, right? You do. Number one, whenever you do something over and over again, it gets old. And we don't tolerate boredom very well. It's like, oh, this is so boring. This is getting old. That's problem number one. And the solution to that is just push through it. No, that's just what you have to do. And number two is it just never actually takes hold and becomes a habit. Both of these are a function of making choices in a moment about what you're going to do. Both of these are that. So here's what I want you to do. I want us to consider tonight, when you get ready for bed, and you lay down at night rather than watching, I guess it's the game month, I can't remember which it's, it's on. If you, when you lay down tonight, instead of going, oh my gosh, I got all these things to do tomorrow, I want you to finish today well. And recognize that when you finish this day, before you close your eyes, you're actually beginning your day tomorrow from rest. And when you wake up in the morning, you, instead of thinking about, you're just, you're just going to join in what God has already begun. How would that feel if God is already working on tomorrow while you go to bed tonight? It'd be kind of okay, right? The whole point of Sabbath is to trust, to trust. So, Number one, make time. I think the average length of the podcast this week was about eight minutes. It took me, I used paused and I wrote stuff down. It took me about 15 and I'm slow. Make time. Take about 15 minutes to make time. And then number two is to experience Sabbath. Don't just listen and check it off which you will do, and that's okay, because it will feel good. I did it, check, and you'll feel good about yourself. But what you're gonna learn to do is not just to do it, but to experience it, to allow yourself to slow, to allow yourself to wrestle with the questions, to allow yourself to process and think, and more importantly, to allow yourself to sort of be still before God and declare your trust in Him for his provision. That's what we're gonna be doing and that's what we're gonna be working on for the next couple of weeks, next 63 days of summer. Can we do this? I'm gonna ask Matt and Newburn and Chad, uh, I mean, sorry, Matt and Leland and Chad and Newburn to come up and they're gonna give you guys some instructions um, for how you guys are gonna continue to do summer Sabbath. Thank you guys, we'll see y'all next week. For those of us in here, I'm gonna ask Clay to come up. And um, 
what we're going to do is we're going to commit ourselves, right, to this week to do something. And what I want you to be really careful of is if you miss tomorrow's podcast, you know what you'll do? I've already blown it for the whole week. No, you haven't. You just missed one day. So guess what you do? You start Tuesday. You start to, can we try this? Right, what would it be like next week when I ask, how many guys did the podcast at least once? You'll be like, you'll be standing up, dude, I did. We'll all be so excited. And it'll feel so good to participate and so good to engage. And I think by the end of this summer, we're gonna learn some things that are so important for what it means to us to be a church. Clay? Yeah. Thank you, you, thank you, thank you, yeah. thank you. Thank, thank you, Mike. Yep. Um, yeah, and I think uh, for a lot of us who maybe who, who didn't jump in last week, maybe you had no clue what was happening. <laughs> you feel like you're behind. Uh, you're, you're not. It's not too late. Um, and I'll just tell you from my experience, um, you know, I was, uh, I know one of the fun things everyone's been doing is like, whose voice is that, right? So yes, I was Monday and Friday of last week, and I was a part of creating the podcast. But even for me, y'all, it was so restful and so life-giving. And I think one of the things is because... Um, I mean, I, I love to produce. I love to do things. Even like in my quiet time, oftentimes it's like, how good am I doing at my quiet time? And this was like, it was kind of like done for me, hmm. right? I just had, yeah. I had to sit and like receive it. And so we would love for you guys to be on the podcast. Um, last week we did Psalm 1. Uh, this week we're gonna go through Psalm 23. Just one Psalm the whole week. We've got a podcast Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Um, and if you haven't jumped on yet, um, there's two ways you can do it. You can get to it um, through our app. And actually, the podcast is like embedded in the app, which is really cool. Um, and it will give you a reminder at some point during the week. Um, or you can go through our website and you can see kind of all the vision and the heart behind it and then get to your favorite um, podcast provider and you can follow along that way. Um, there was a like trailer podcast um, and it's entitled Summer Sabbath, An Invitation to Find Rest. And so if you're going to jump in for the first time this week, I'd invite you to listen to that. Just kind of give the heart and the vision around the podcast. Um, but again, it's just, it's creating, uh, it's creating time uh, to create space to learn to trust God hmm. and to breathe and to rest um, and for him to do something in us and through us. And then what we want you to do is we want you to talk about it. So um, maybe with your spouse or your family or a group that you're in, or if you are looking for a group, we've got a summer connect group um, that meets every Thursday night. We did it last week. It was amazing. Uh, we meet down the hall in Studio 3 at uh, 6.30, and we'll get you into some community to have some conversations uh, this Thursday about Psalm 23. And so again, y'all, as we are in this uh, summer Sabbath, this is important. Like, this matters. Um, and, and you participating uh, matters to us as a church. And so I'd love just to invite us uh, in uh, next week, uh, next, uh, tomorrow, I'm trying tomorrow. to say, tomorrow, uh, as we begin uh, reading through Psalm 23, which is a beautiful psalm, uh, learning how Jesus is, is our shepherd. And so it's gonna be life-giving and fruitful. And so um, I'd love just to pray over us. I love that. To close us out and to lead us um, into our week from a place of rest, amen? Let's pray. Amen. Father God, uh, we're thankful uh, that you created a pattern and a rhythm um, for us to, to operate in a, a way that works, a way that uh, works well. And it's not from us just trying to get it done and hurry and perform and hustle. It is from us starting from rest. It's that our day starts from rest. It's that our week starts from rest. It's that everything we do 
the way that we work must come out of rest. And so God, I just pray that you would teach us that. God, that you would provide us opportunities. And I pray that this week an opportunity would be us following along with the podcast. God, that you would allow it to be this Sabbath breath every day that allows us to work from this place of being rested and fueled and sourced by you. God, I pray that for each one of us, and I pray that for us as a church. And God, that through this, you would do something beautiful in us and through us. God, we love you. We thank you. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. Thank Amen. you, guys. Thank you, guys. So we'll see y'all, y'all. Thank y'all. Thank next y'all. week.